0: What many of us think of, when we think of tanks, are the World War II stars of action movies like the Sherman M4, featured in Fury, or the M1 Abrams, poster child of the Gulf War, still in use in Afghanistan. But how did we get here? As with any technology, the tank has gone through some evolutions. Before discussing the tanks of World War I, we have to set the stage. Why was there a need for them? In 1915, the battle on the Western Front was at a stalemate. Both sides were looking for anything to give them an upper hand and break through the line. In May of 1915, the Battle of Festubert saw the Allies gain half a mile for 16,000 casualties. Defense was just too strongly favored by the methods and technology of war at the time. Following some testing, In 1916, the Battle of the Somme saw the first appearance of the combat tank, the British Mark I, nicknamed tanks due to their resemblance to water carriers. These trench-busting machines were scary to enemy combatants and were good at crossing trenches and crushing barbed wire, but left much to be desired in the areas of reliability and speed. The early tanks were seemingly designed with weaponry, as a secondary role. They have treads that reach high into the air at shallow angles with small obtrusions for guns, nothing like the massive cannons and low profiles of today's tanks. They were separated by male and female tanks, with the male tanks boasting two six-pounder cannons and the females replacing those with heavy Vickers machine guns. Each was also armed with several other light machine guns. Operating the early tanks was a chore. Each tank needed eight men to operate, all in an intensely hot and cramped cabin right next to a straight-piped six-cylinder engine pouring noxious fumes and toxic exhaust gases into the air. There wasn't much in the way of mufflers and catalytic converters back then. Turning a tank was cumbersome at best. In order to turn, the tank had to come to a complete stop while one track was put into neutral. In order to move forward again, the tank had to come to another stop while both tracks were put back into gear. Private Reifer, a gunner of the tank D-17, had this to say about going into battle in one. We were going up to the approaches to Flare, and there was a terrific amount of noise in the tank made up by the engine the tracks and the tumbling about of the barrels of oil, and the various things that were in the tank. A terrific noise was going on. Our own barrage was going on outside, and the German barrage. We went on up to the flare Road, and we were fired upon by German machine guns. First of all, they were firing on the starboard side, and the impact of their bullets was making the inside of the armor plate white-hot, and the white hot flakes were coming off, and if you happened to be near enough, you could have been blinded by them. By 1918, while tanks were technically an advantage, they didn't really have a big impact on the outcome of the war. Where we can see a big impact, however, is with the later developments of the tank in World War II and beyond, where tanks were a decisive factor in most battles, and a big part. The reason Germany's blitzkrieg tactic was so formidable.